You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? This is Colin with... Hey, guys, it's Elliot. And we are doing episode number 67, where we are going to introduce... Excuse me. We're going to uh, do an interview with Sarah Fuller. So, Sarah, welcome. Hi, thanks. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, um, Sarah is a friend of our previous guest here, Triple G, as I like to call him, but... uh, (laughs) Greg from uh, Pliable here. So she, he is the one that connected us here, but uh, very glad he did. And um, Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, great. And I appreciate the introduction from Greg. I, he and I worked together in PR and marketing for a number of years. And as he kicked off this new venture, he was super excited uh, to kind of help connect some triathletes in the, in the region. Um, and uh, so uh, that's been a pretty fun experience to watch him grow that business. But um, I am, uh, like your title says, I'm an age group or triathlete. I uh, am not super fast, but probably did my first sprint triathlon when I was 38 years old. Um, I'm 46 now, and I do mostly a half iron distance. I've completed a one full Ironman and a couple of sprints. I've never done an Olympic distance triathlon. I might get through my whole career without having to uh, suffer that particular distance. Nice. Yeah, sometimes I, and they've actually picked up a little bit, but in New England here, they're a little bit harder to come by. You know? Yeah, well, I think we've seen a trend. There were there were so many races growing for a few years. Um, everybody was doing them as fundraisers and everybody was getting on the bandwagon. And then I think the calendar got over full. Uh, and so it was really hard for a lot of events to maintain the participation that they needed to to keep it uh, financially viable for them. Um, and then you add that plus COVID and the numbers drastically decreased, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And we've lost some of our signature events that have good rewards like blueberry pancakes at the end that were crowd favorites. Definitely. Definitely. And sorry, uh, where do you live? I live in Winthrop, Maine, which is about seven miles to the west of Augusta and which is going to, yeah, Augusta is going to be the new home for the Augusta, Maine, uh, half iron distance. Uh, we have a new contract for this year and the next couple of years after that. So we're really excited to have a race of that magnitude coming to basically our hometown. Absolutely. Yeah. We're excited about it here for sure too. So, um, and, um, you kind of mentioned what you do, but what do you do for work? Uh, do you have any kids, anything like that? Tell us a little bit more about your background. All right. Uh, So I am an emergency and security planner with a company called TRC. We're a nationwide engineering and consulting firm. And so I conduct threat and vulnerability assessments for governments, utilities, schools, sports venues, events, and things like that to guard against man-made threats 
uh, including terrorism, active shooters, bio and chem hazards, um, along with doing emergency management and training for with state agencies, with utilities, and other uh, entities. Wow. Okay. So those are services. Hopefully, we never need to really <laughs> put into place, right? No, hopefully, hopefully not. Though I think that um, all race directors and race organizers, and certainly the communities that they work with, um, all have to take those things into consideration because you do have a lot of basically soft targets when you, whenever you've got a crowd of people um, in an environment and somebody looking to create havoc, um, you've got to be mindful of that and making sure that your emergency plans and your first response teams are all um, up on their logistics and uh, situational awareness. Right. So, I mean, that reminds me here, I'm not sure if we'll get this one out in time, but we've got Boston coming up real quick here, the marathon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've heard that they may increase things a little bit because of what just happened at this point yesterday in New York City, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. Um, one of the folks that I have the privilege of working with through an alliance with my company is Ed Davis, and he was the police commissioner um, at the time of the Boston Marathon bombing. Um, and so we work with them on some sporting and other large events. Uh, but I think, you know, they've learned a lot from that. Uh, and every time an incident happens, uh, law enforcement, emergency responders, um, and security folks like us try to take what we've learned from each incident and apply that um, into new circumstances to, to hopefully prevent those things from happening in the future. Right. Wow, cool. Cool. And so you married, kids or anything like that? Uh, no, divorced, no, <laughs> um, but I have two fur babies. I have a, a two-year-old Husky mix named Max, uh, who's a rescue from Alabama, um, likes to run and swim. I haven't gotten him on the bike yet. And a monster kitten that Max and I found walking one night in a plastic box in the woods. Um, and so she's wow. not a year old yet, but she likes to tear around the house uh, as well to keep me uh, fairly entertained. Um, I do, uh, yeah, so, but other in my, in my uh, free time, I am the chair of the Winthrop Town Council. I've been doing that for about 14 years. Um, and I sit on a number of uh, committees and community boards uh, for the Kennebec Land Trust, for the Winthrop Lakes Region Chamber of Commerce, uh, for legal services for the elderly, and a few other things here and there. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds like you stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little bit too busy. It is definitely tricky to fit all the training necessary into any given day. Yeah, yeah. And how about your background athletically? Did you play sports growing up or anything? Um, not so much. I mean, a little bit. I, uh, I mostly uh, watched my brother playing soccer um, for a few years. And then uh, the summer before I was uh, going into high school, I decided I was sick of being on the sidelines. And so went to soccer camp, uh, was the first year my high school had a soccer team. So I got to play soccer four years in high school. I started a girls league for the city um, for their first team, uh, growing up in Albany, New York, where I did, okay. uh, yep. played some intramurals in college, um, but never was really kind of a natural athlete. Um, when I first started playing soccer, my brother, who was an experienced soccer player, told me, he's like, you know, you have to run, right? Um, like that's part of the deal. I mean, it was a struggle to get me to run one mile. Uh, so it's, I think it's uh, when, when I go back home and I, you know, I tell folks that I do triathlon, they're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was definitely a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And so uh, going back to, to Maine 70.3. So, I mean, yeah, you know, for, for us outsiders here, we were pretty devastated when we heard that, you know, Old Orchard Beach was done. And we, 
I didn't really think, you know, I heard a little bit of rumblings that they may have something in the works here, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's good that Timberman's back, but for us New Englanders, uh, not much on the Ironman circuit around here, you know, so. Right. There uh, is, and so, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll give them a good show and we can work on improving that. I mean, I know um, I've done the OOB race three times, um, a couple times under the Ironman umbrella and previously when it was a rev uh, race. Um, and it has been a great venue. It's beautiful. Um, you never really know what the ocean's going to bring you um, on any given day there. Um, most of the time it's pretty calm. At the same time, I think that, you know, Central Maine gets the short shrift in kind of Maine tourism, um, but we've got a lot of spectacular kind of lakes, mountains, farmlands, really nice small towns. Um, and I think that it's going to be a great venue and having a river swim. I mean, we, we're going to get to swim with sturgeon, which is both a little intimidating, but also a little exciting that we get to swim with dinosaurs. There's not too many other races on the circuit circuit where you can claim that, I think. And it should be fast. It should be a downriver swim and everybody loves a good PR, right? You won't get much oh, like that. Fast swim. No, <laughs> it, on the other hand, maybe, you know, may uh, have his reservations about Are that. you guys both going to race Maine? uh so actually i am i am not going to be racing but i do plan to be there this year i got okay. uh, a little little too much racing on the schedule i was very very tempted to do it but uh, i'm gonna hold off and play the smart card here and uh oh, not that's, too much here that's good of you i am not playing the smart card i have uh, i think three 70.3s in seven weeks um, okay. which, yeah, which that's, was, that's about what I was going to end up having. So I decided not to, it, it was, it was not part of the plan, but then um, I was originally just going to do Muscleman and maybe a race, you know, in, in August in uh, Muscleman in Geneva, New York in July, yeah. and then another there. one, maybe August or September. Um, and then everybody's like, no, a couple of people are like, we're doing Patriot. We already have rooms. I was like, okay, I'll sign up for Patriot. It's a little tight to Muscleman, but you know, whatever. And then Augusta happened at the end of July. And I was like, well, of course you have to race it because um, you live here. So right, right. Um, it's going to be, well, we'll see if I can still walk to the start line on July 31st or not. I'm sure you will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're going to be in Muscleman too? I will be at Muscleman. Yeah, I did that one last year. And uh, for, for my triathlon club, Northeast Multisport, we kind of made that our destination race. So I think we have uh, at least 10, 15 people racing or something like that. So oh. it's uh, should That's be spectacular. Uh, a lot of fun, but yeah, it's, it's a great venue. It's uh, it's a really good, pretty fast race. And uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to going back to that one. So definitely. Cool. Well, it'll be my first time there. I grew up in upstate New York um, and I've yeah. heard great things about the venue. The Finger Lakes, of course, are gorgeous. Um, so yeah, uh, that'll, I'll look forward to seeing you there. Definitely. <laughs> Likewise. Did you ever, did you do Syracuse or no? No, I never did Syracuse. Yeah. Like I said, I only started, I think this is yeah. only my All eighth right. year. Okay. Um, so it's, I haven't, I, not a lot of races under my belt and just starting to kind of spread my rings to go to some other venues. Okay, cool. Yeah. cool. Only your eighth year. That's, I know, that's a right. long time. <laughs> I know it, it, it adds up, but I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> well, and COVID kind of stole a year or two out of there. I agree. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd come to Maine, but every time I go visit Colin and I stay with him, his kids get me sick and then I'm screwed. So. Uh, well, I, you, you can, you can come stay with us, but there's no, I have no children, just the fur ones. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't let that happen. Then I won't have the, the advantage here. You know, I, I, <laughs> oh, I see. It's a deep, a deep plan. Does your, your competitive uh, nature go beyond the swim to all three sports? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll remind you know people. Uh, you know, this is what 2013, I think it was, but. Uh, we were uh, both doing Ironman Canada. We were out there on the run course and I go to give Elliot a high five and he totally snubbed me. <laughs> oh, which, um, so which, were you at Tinton or which, um, I was uh, in Whistler, in Whistler. Yeah. yeah. So I will uh, never let him live that one down. Um, <laughs> but then I was going to do the Boston Marathon and his kids got me sick. So I go, let's call it even. <laughs> Yeah. That sounds, yeah, sounds, uh, yeah, I don't know, missing a high five, missing a marathon, totally equal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have warned him, we actually, I think, had a text going, he said, what, uh, what happens if I snub you on a high five uh, in St. George, and I said that I'm going to clothesline him, so um, we'll, uh, we'll, well see. Well, I hope, I hope they get that on film, because that will be a dramatic um, Iron Man <laughs> live uh, moment. And that's just coming up. I just in hope a it doesn't come to that, you know, and uh, he, 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 he's a good boy, you know. <laughs> uh, cool. But so I, in- George? We'll both be at St. George. Yeah, yeah. Both doing St. George in Hawaii this year. So well, uh, that's awesome. We yeah. um, my so my crew, we have our we have an unofficial tri club is tri club 4469 based on our latitude here. Uh, okay. We have a we have a mascot. He's an alien. His name is Noob um <laughs> we we don't take ourselves too seriously we range in age from about 30 to 62 um right. and there's people? uh probably a little over a dozen we try to recruit a few you know younger people to make our overall times go down we're, and we're not very fast but we do tend to get together and drink copious amounts of margaritas and watch you you fast people when you race st george and, and kona we put it up on the screen and uh we, we cheer for our favorites. So um, we won't be racing you, but we'll be drinking to you. <laughs> All right. Hey, as long as you're, you know, enjoying it here. And uh, that's, that's awesome. You know, Absolutely. I like to say, you know, people at, on the, the slower side, you're just getting your money's worth, you know, you get, you get more out of it than we do, you know, so, every penny. Uh, and it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, so uh, no, I mean, truthfully, what, what matters, right. Is you're out there and you're doing it. And you're, you know, living the lifestyle here. That's, that's really what matters to me. So um, that's awesome. So yeah. um, very cool. So is that uh, your, your un, unofficial club here and hasn't formalized? Have you guys thought about becoming a club? Like, do you have a website um, or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, we, we think about it, but then, you know, we might have to follow rules and things like that. <laughs> now, there's really not much rules in, in the triathlon club world. I, I think you guys should, uh, should do it here. Okay, maybe maybe we will have to talk about that. Uh, well, that that'll be our topic of conversation uh, over our St. George party, I imagine. Okay. See if we yeah. get something going. But we do. We are getting. Uh, we get new kits every year, and uh, we even we're getting some cycling kits this year. We've been doing our winter cycling at a brewery that I also am part owner in. Um, so we'll have we'll be repping our brewery, and also of course having the alien our alien noob on the back drinking a beer. So. That's awesome. I want to be, I'll be on your club. Yeah. <laughs> See, so we've got some good recruiting tactics already. <laughs> Absolutely. No, let me know if there's anything I do to help there, but it's, it's actually pretty easy to get an cl- official club going. And, you know, that does, you know, promote some awareness that maybe could get you some more people and things. So, right. And you get some early registrations to races too. If, if I, if you, yeah, you get, especially with Ironman and, you know, you can definitely connect with the local race directors as well and, um, you know, get some discounts and some insight there too. So, yeah, I do think it's it's worth it here. And 
Um, I have I have a couple of clients, kind I think a little bit more south of you that uh, I remember like you know there's there is limited uh, clubs in in Maine, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it'd be cool just to see something there. So yeah, yeah. And we are the only ones with an alien mascot. There you go, right? Game <laughs> over. You know, there's, there's really not much more to talk about with it, right? No. <laughs> Uh, good. So uh, I hear that you took part in helping to get, you know, Maine to, to move to Augusta and like promoting of that. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, a very, very small part. I mean, I think that, um, you know, being plugged in as a local business person and with the Chambers of Commerce, um, the Kennebec Valley Chamber, um, of which I'm a, you know, an active member, uh, they've been really doing a lot to get a lot of collaboration going between community organizations. Um, and they beat out Waterville and Brunswick uh, in the competition to, to get the Ironman race in our area. And so that's been tremendous. And we've met uh, with the race director at least once to talk about potential bike routes and you know, help connect with a lot of local agencies and personnel to uh, get the volunteer coordination set up, potential volunteer clubs, uh, kind of talk through the lay of the land of the personalities and um, all the different pieces that are, are kind of make up central Maine. Yeah. Um, and he, he's an experienced race director. He's done a lot of other races and it's really um, fascinating for those of people who just go to race and they do it and don't think about the logistics that are go behind the scenes and making that all Especially happen. Long course. Um, oh, it's like, yeah, it's, it's Great. tremendous. Um, and I think, you know, coming from my background, also in municipal management and knowing how many moving pieces there are in even just a small town, you go to a larger city, you know, the traffic, public works, you know, emergency response, um, all the permitting and everything like that. And Ironman does an amazing job, um, as do most race directors, of trying to get all their ducks in a row for these sorts of events. Um, so. so true. I mean, I think that, and I always say Ironman, yes, you, you pay for it, but they put on a great show and like you really don't need to appreciate how much is really going on and what they're doing to make sure that those races go off and certainly nothing against local race directors and things, but you just don't hear about some of the mistakes and the challenges that do kind of happen at those local races that Ironman seems to always, you know, have their ducks in a row and make it happen. No, um, absolutely. In fact, I was out um, at a site in San Jose uh, last week. I was in California for work and talking with some law enforcement there. Um, and somehow we got on the topic and they have a rock and roll race uh, out there, I think. And San Jose is the 10th largest city in the nation. And wow. they just were like, we're singing the praises about Ironman and how good they are on the logistical front um, and to work with. So that was really nice to hear from their perspective as well, because it kind of confirmed what I see as a participant um, yeah. on the other end. That's cool. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you if you got the insight here, but I'm curious, like, did you get any uh, or hear any like the negative feedback or people that wouldn't want to bring the race to, to the area? Uh, that I, did, I didn't hear. I know, I think, <laughs> there's you know if you read the facebook comments and stuff people are a little like oh it's disgusta um as like and it's a lot of you know or it's like we can't swim in the river and a lot of that i think comes from uh you know what this city used to be like years ago before there was a concerted effort to make sure like in a lot of cities before our rivers got cleaned up when there was a lot there wasn't a lot of economic activity happening in our downtowns um but i think that if people looked around, they'd see that there's really great things happening in the capital region. Um, and it really does have a lot to offer, um, not just for the athletes, but for the families that are coming too, because as you guys know, it's a, you get an influx of thousands of people right? and you want to make sure you can put on a good show. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, I think especially for some of the areas like let's take even Lake Placid or something like that that's been around for a very long time. And, you know, I think that certainly Augusta right in the very close supporting areas definitely see that benefit. But for those towns that maybe are at the tail end of the bike course, right, that don't really get much of the benefit from it, right? right. And, you know, those are the I can understand where they're coming from, right? You know, all it equates to them is is delays and, you know, uh, you know, challenges on race day. And, Right. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> I can understand that, but it is interesting. I mean, you hear about certain towns, not to go off on a bad tangent here, but like, you know, putting pins and needles, you know, down in the road and like, you know, doing these things to try and sabotage the race. And so I was just curious right. if you had gotten, you know, if you had the insider, like as a new race was forming here, yeah. um, got this uh, any pushback there, but, uh, glad I haven't heard any scuttlebutt on that. Um, I certainly keep my ear to the ground. Um, the first stories that have come out about the race are from one of our local economics and business reporters. So I think that they're definitely tuned into the nature of um, how much money it can bring into the area. And as kind of much as Augusta has grown, I think that the kind of surrounding communities are going to have to take in some of the influx of people in terms of restaurants, housing, and the other hospitality um, areas as well. So I think that they will see benefit. And it's really, you know, within 20 or 30 minutes, um, you can, you're in a half a dozen other communities to take advantage of those hospitality assets. Very cool. Cool. So mm -hmm. have you, uh, have you had a chance to train on the, any of the course yet? Um, well, they haven't really released the course yet. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know if maybe you had some insight there. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, I think, yeah, we, we should be, we, some insiders, we might know what the course is within the next week. Um, okay. I think this, this swim course, I mean, we ask you really shouldn't be training in a river um, <laughs> right now. It's also, it's really, really cold. Um, yeah. And there's no way to get out of the river at this point. Um, so there, there's going to, that's going to provide a logistical challenge. They can kind of put us in the water reasonably easy, but they're going to have to pull us out. And so some sort of dock and decking situation is going to have to be constructed. Um, the bike course, we think, is probably going to go, you know, a little bit to the south and maybe across the river and out. Um, we're waiting for confirmation on that. The run course we train on all the time. It's going to be mostly the rail trail that goes along the river, uh, which is really pretty beautiful. You know, sometimes we see otters, osprey, eagles. Um, it should be pretty cool. Nice. And so yeah. if, if the bike course is what you think, is it, uh, would you describe it as rolling or relatively flat or what would you say it is? There's no way to get out of anything that's not rolling in central Maine. Um, Makes sense. I mean, there might be some flatter sections, but you, the race is going to be centered in a, you know, a river uh, bed, basically. So you're going to have to climb out and, and kind of climb back in. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. a fairly hilly area. I don't, I think our average, if you do a ride around here anywhere from like 25 to 50 miles, you're going to hit a minimum of 25 to 3,000 feet of elevation. Cool. Um, which makes it actually really good training grounds for races like Placid Absolutely. or Tremblant. Um, so for anybody who's thinking about doing uh, a hilly race like that, central Maine is an awesome place to be training and racing in preparation for those. Well, I'm now just intrigued to see how Ironman describes the course here. Cause especially when, be rolling. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, uh, you saw that in for Timberman, they had it listed as rolling. And if you looked at the course profile, it claimed it only had like a thousand feet of climbing and it had like 
2,500 or 3,000 on it. Yeah, and, like in the uh, last stretch too, right? right? Right, oh yeah, yeah, the last stretch, there's some significant climbing and- uh, Yeah, no, Ironman will call it rolling because that's less intimidating than the right. flat out hilly, which is what they actually call placid, thank God. Right. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh, but and, and they, well, they, they call what they, they might even call Old Orchard Beach. They might have called it flat. I'm like, and a lot of people are like, that's not flat. For those of us that ride in Central Maine, OOB is flat. Flat, right? Yeah. 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 It is, you know, it's definitely got a few climbers on it for sure, but uh, yeah. you know, pretty, pretty flat. And so I'm assuming rail trail, that's going to be relatively flat. Yeah. There's a few minor little hills, but overall, it, it's honestly one of the flattest runs you'll get in the area. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's exciting. So, yeah. So you've got, you got, you did Lake Placid. Uh, how long ago did you do that? Um, I did it in 2018 uh, when it was the anniversary year for it. Um, yeah. So that was my, that was my full, I did uh, attempt to do it last year, but I had to, I pulled the DNF. I had a pretty bad neck and shoulder injury. Um, ah, that was, uh, yeah, around halfway through the bike, I was losing motor control in my hand. Um, and you really want to be able to That's make not a good course a to have that feeling. Yeah, yeah so I, I pulled yeah. out right after, right before I had to go down Keen again. Um, it just wasn't wasn't my day. So hopefully, be be back there at some point. Um, All right. So it wasn't a one and done in the fall. You're uh, you'll be back oh, at. Yeah. No. I mean, the the ideal is to maybe do a full every other year. I think um, we've got a small group that's um, gonna gear up to do Tremblant next year. Nice. Um, I haven't done that one yet. A few of us have most, most of our group has done placid from blonde or both of them. Sure. Um, so yeah. those are on the, the list. Yeah. Uh, I think you really like Tremblant here. It's, uh, I, placid's amazing, but, uh, Tremblant's a, a, a nudge up for me, um, over placid. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Why is it, is it you think that you get to ride on the highway? <laughs> uh no no i mean a lot of people I, or if you go up there for a training camp or anything the highway can get a little crazy because you got yeah. cars flying by you and uh, can get get windy out there but uh no just the venue itself and i mean placid you know has kind of the village kind of feel too but uh Chamblon is just so great especially if you have family and you know you mm -hmm. just everything's just going on right down in there and yeah. even when you go up there for training they're just very happy to have you there unlike Placid where they're kind of sick of you and you know um, yeah but the, the Placid's definitely a little grouchy and I have I've um so I volunteered at Tremblant twice oh cool um, okay. and All so right. yeah I'm pretty yeah, you know that. pretty familiar yeah. with it I've done you know some of the, the run course um and things like that but no yeah. it is beautiful um, and it is, you know, even from a, a speed perspective, I mean, it's similar in elevation, but uh, I think the, the Tremblant course is a bit faster um, just because yeah. there's a lot of times when like Placid, you go down the keen descent and you got to take that sharp left and you kind of mm -hmm. like lose that, that speed you got where most of the hills that you're doing in Tremblant, you actually get to, you know, take advantage of those. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so that I think guy. they've improved yeah. the, the road quality in, in Placid as well, but the roads are really nice in Tremblant. And uh, I just think overall, it's, it's a little bit faster. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, they're both well, great. For those people yeah. like me, the, the, the speed I'm always, it, it's always going to be a slow course for me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, cool. I'll, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, now looking forward to hearing how you, you get after that one here. So, um, so do you, uh, tell us about your training? Do you, do you have a coach? Um, I don't, I did the first year I did Ironman and like my first uh, half. Now I kind of have a sense in my mind of what I need to do before race day. 
Okay. Um, so kind of go as I feel, um, though I do have like a training partner and we have our group. So we try to kind of calibrate, uh, in, like we have the same race schedule, kind of compare yeah. notes wow. and make sure cool. that we're hitting, um, kind of our swim run and bike stuff, um, at the same, you know, distance and time. Uh, so, and cool. he's a so much better triathlete than me. So I figure if I can do, do that, I should be okay. There you go. All right, cool. Do you guys swim together? Do you, do you do any like group swim, swim training or? Yeah, no, we often do. Um, occasionally we'll do and pool time's been very tricky, um, to get with all sorts of reservations and limited space. Uh, so swim, the swim is not, my swim isn't where it usually is at this point in the year, but, um, we'll hit open water usually Memorial day weekend, uh, when it's still very, very cold. Um, and we'll try to do a few, uh, lake swims, you know, once or twice a week after work or on the weekends, uh, together. Cool. Yeah. Elliot, um, any thoughts nice... of getting in the open water here? I did it once already. You it did? Was, yeah. It was too what cold. Was the Low fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Mid fifties is about like, and that's, yeah. that's brutal. That's you got to have some major away. motivation to get in. Like, why yeah. am I doing this? And <laughs> I did. Yeah. I do Elliot, Elliot lives, been... lives on a lake and it is relatively small. So it probably heats up pretty fast. Right. Yeah. When it does. Yeah. But the it's snow didn't really map. help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I have yeah. a friend that swims in Massachusetts outside all year round now. Um, she'll go into the ocean and at least do quick little swims and it just blows my mind. Yeah. We, we had a, a client at peak that, uh, was swimming and uh, lives in Boston and was swimming all winter and, uh, uh, good for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think about that when I still go into to jump in the pool and I'm like, Oh, the pool is freezing. And then I was like, it's gonna be way colder come come may yeah this is true i know i'm really uh would be nice to be getting in the open water now with uh you know at this point saint george is what three and a half weeks out so it'd be good to uh to open water swim but uh not yeah in here so we'll see but that's, uh, that's that is a tricky thing i mean there's a lot of good races but as we kind of plan out our training and racing calendar it's like oh we just especially where we live it is really hard I mean, even outdoor bike time um, oh, yeah. is, is tricky to squeeze in before June races. Um, even until May is even crazier. We all live in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. Are we all moving to San Diego? Yeah. Or Arizona or Florida. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got no excuse. You moved out of there earlier. I know, <laughs> but the summertime is, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the summertime in Maine is amazing. So that's kind yeah. of why. I mean, absolutely. And like, yeah, swimming, especially like August, September, I mean, sometimes the lakes almost get too warm yeah. um, for the wetsuits, but it's, yeah, it's just spectacular. And to sit in a lake as the sun goes down and listen to loons and it's pretty magical. Yes. Um, we in Arizona. We're going to put a bar somewhere out in the lake so we can just <laughs> sit and drink rather than having to swim back in. <laughs> and the Arizona summers are like wintertime. You just got to stay inside because it's just too hot. Right. yeah it's brutal brutal yeah, yeah. i don't know how they do that but then they're ready for races like conar lanzarote you know where they <laughs> yeah you know he really cranks yeah yeah totally so how about your your cycling training so you get you get some of the crew together and and um bring your trainers to the brewery is that how it works yeah, so we used to work in, out of a little bike shop um, for the past kind of seven or eight years, but he shut down last year, and so we have some space in the brewery, and so we, we've got a compu trainers, um, six of them, that uh, my training partner sets up, and he does programs for us, 
Sweet. And we run two sessions, like 5.30 and 6.30, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then we do long runs on Sundays or long rides on Sundays. Okay. And uh, he does the program for us. We all show up. So you use like Perf Pro and um, do like the group thing? Yeah, nice. Yeah, he does. He uses Perf Pro. We've used a few other things, but he yeah. found Perf Pro and that's been uh, really good. And he's great about designing us uh, the programs, you know, to kind of build our strength and endurance throughout the course of the, the winter season um, so that we don't have to think about it. It's really tremendous. Yeah, cool. And do you and ride he's with a power outside? He's a mm-hmm. data do you ride yeah. with power outside? Um, not really. No. I mean, I, you know, I just use my, my watch and kind of trust how, how I feel. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I know when I'm having a good day and not a bad day, you know, how fast you're going up certain Hills if if you're doing okay. All right. Yeah, totally. Got to be able to know that feel. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Um, how about, and so you, you guys get together and do, uh, some long running. What, What do you consider to be your strength and your weakness of the three? Um, probably the run is my strongest. It's kind of what I came into triathlon doing. Um, I was a recreational bike rider. Um, but, uh, yeah, the run is still probably where I feel most comfortable. Um, and then bike, and then my swim has been uh, pretty, pretty poor. Like I said, I used to, you know, have my sunglasses on and my head out of the water. And for that, I was actually fairly fast. Um, but, um, trying, trying still to get swim form down during the race. Like I can swim, you know, fine, um, in, in practice, but, uh, yeah, getting a good form down during the race, still a little bit of a challenge for me. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's incredible to me to swim that long. I couldn't even fathom, like, you know, like call it the Tarzan drill. Like I can't even do 25 yards of that where you got your head up. And, oh yeah. No, I did my whole Ironman swim like that. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, and still made cut off. <laughs> yeah, right. With uh, with a healthy margin, yeah. That is wild, but I can understand maybe why you had some neck and uh, back challenges <laughs> there too at the same time, huh? Right. Yeah, I know. I, I'm my my own worst enemy, honestly. Yeah, uh, you're not alone though. We actually had uh, um, a fr- a friend uh, a friend of uh, one of my clients joined us for the Lake Placid camp, and she did Lake Placid last year, and she swam mm-hmm. with her head out of the water too, which was that was the first time I had ever heard of it. Uh, you know, and it, it is pretty cool. You get to see a lot that everybody else in the race does not. <laughs> there you go. That's a good I point. Mean, that gives you a unique perspective. <laughs> I got to assume you're at least swimming straight, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. You have no problem sighting whatsoever, right, so right. that saves you, know you some time. On. <laughs> and Lake, the Lake Placid swim last year was so kind of kooky. I mean, if you're used to doing the normal course and then kind of the out and back and through the right. gate. And... Right, right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's different. Yeah. So, yeah. But everything should be back to normal this year. Brand new oval. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a crew going there uh, in early June. Um, so we'll be able to check it out there. And that, uh, that should be good. But uh, awesome. so how far is Placid for you? That's like at least seven hours from here. Is it that far? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's oh, a whole, I mean, it's a beautiful trip. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. But, uh, taking a step back here. So like, you know, you wanted to try triathlon, like what, what keeps you, what inspires you to continue to do triathlon? Oh, that's so yeah. One to keep sane, um, to keep, keep fit, uh, kind of keeps all the, call the, keeps the demons at bay. Um, I have a pretty crazy life. And so you know, kind of doing training and racing is the, the me time that I get when it's like, I can tune everything else out. Um, I was a little intimidated to do triathlon. I picked up a flyer uh, at a 5k 
uh, once and there was like, oh, you should try triathlon. And then there was this, you know, the picture of somebody swimming and biking and running. The person on the bike had this aero helmet on and I was like, oh, that's way too intense for me. I could never do that. And so it was probably, I like put it away for a year and then finally signed up a whole nother year later. Um, and like, you know, you know, you didn't know, he's like, you don't know what a brick is. You don't know what anything is. Um, you don't know how much people talk about pooping and peeing like with each other. <laughs> and peeing on your bike. <laughs> yeah. It's like people are like, why do my bike shoes smell? How do I get the urine smell out of my bike shoes? Maybe don't piss on them. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that conversation comes up a little too often in ours. Uh, I do a couple of Zwift rides every week and, uh, mm-hmm. the, comes up a little too often but uh, yes one of the first things you learn about endurance athletes is that there's no no modesty no shame um no. It's, but it's trying I, to explain it to co-workers is the challenging thing yeah they don't get it and they don't understand why you spend so much money on a bike that's true too I, i'm talking primarily about the urinating and uh you know those that's guys, they've heard about it, it's like yeah you know it and, happens <laughs> So you just did your first triathlon, not knowing really what you're getting yourself into and you just tried it out. Yeah, no, tried it out. It was, it was fun. It was a little sprint triathlon in a town called Skowhegan, a little fundraiser up here. Uh, It's maybe an hour North of here. And, you know, man, I thought I was hot, you know, hot shit after finishing that, you know, in like an hour and 45 minutes, it was like the biggest accomplishment of my life. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's funny in retrospect at the time it was because you never think you could do that. But that's the one thing that triathlon teaches you is that if you set a goal and you work towards it, you can accomplish it. Um, right. And so that translates into so many other areas of life um, to teach you to just gives you uh, such resilience and endurance um, kind of mentally and physically. Uh, it, it's really been valuable as you face all sorts of other challenges. Well said. Absolutely. That's oh, and do you remember your first triathlon? I do remember. Yeah. My, my first triathlon. Yeah, absolutely. I remember just looking around, copying what everyone else was doing. I even had an oh. aero helmet, but I thought it was really well, good. Elliot, Elliot's first uh, triathlon was an Ironman. So, you know, uh, <laughs> that is one, that, one of those guys, you know, <laughs> which, which one was that? Uh, Ironman, Arizona. Uh-huh. Very good. So, and Colin, yeah. what was your first? Uh, I did the old colony Olympic, uh, distance in, in Massachusetts. I forget the name of the town it was in here. I think they still do it, but, uh, yeah. Um, that was, that was good. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, That's so. pretty cool. Yeah. We, um, when I did Placid in 2018, one of our group, uh, I, that was his first triathlon too, um, yeah. ever. And I mean, he was, he was a pretty fast marathoner. Um, he was like, you know, one of those runs like a gazelle naturally without even trying um the irony is that he finished in my bib time oh uh, yeah ah, cool yeah. but um yeah that's so that's that's a pretty uh, pretty big feat so congratulations on that yeah likewise there this is cool and where do we go from here what's 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 what are the goals moving forward mm, well just survive um three halves in seven weeks this season i think um like a pretty good I, goal I, I don't think I've ever had a season that I've really gone injury free. Um, okay. And I have, a, I have a, a whole host of back and foot problems that I'm always battling. So there's a lot of chronic pain issues there. So just kind of getting through a season um, is, is victory um, in a lot of ways, but I'd like to, like I mentioned, get to a point where I'm doing it like one full every other year um, yeah, and get great. to some yeah. other destination races. Yeah. 
Yeah. Great excuse to travel for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's where all my vacation time goes. Well, exactly. Uh, what, what little of it I get. Yeah. So, and do you have to travel a lot for work or? Um, yeah, it's been quiet since, uh, since COVID, but um, yeah, we usually are probably traveling about a week out of every month. Um, okay. So that's, that proves to be a challenge. Like I was in California all last week and our work days when we're on site usually are like from 7am to like 10pm at night. So that doesn't leave a lot of time. I mean, you're just eating and sleeping it to just make it through the day. Um, right. Luckily, I was on the West Coast. And so the jet lag actually worked to my benefit that I could squeeze a couple of short workouts in just to keep sure. the muscles going yep. um, while being on the road. But that's, yeah, that's a, it's a tricky thing. Keeping yeah, that that's schedule. demanding for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, um, maybe, maybe get faster. Maybe I will, you know, get, get a coach that can, you know, kick my butt at this, at this point. I, so far I am, even though I'm getting older at this point, I still think I've got some, some speed to knock off in my race times. Um, I think so. so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you know, you're, you know, I always say the, the pe person you're competing against is the, is you, you know, right. It's really all that mm -hmm. matters, you know, and uh, you know, right. that's, um, at the end of the day, what you should be focused on. And if you're getting faster and being happy, then it's all good. You know, right. that's great. So cool. Um, yeah, I will not be at Patriot. Uh, I'm going to do white mountains. Um, so you'll have a week extra recovery on me there between, uh, uh, that and muscle man, but, uh, um, definitely looking forward to, uh, meeting you, uh, then if not sooner here and, um, and then, yeah, definitely uh, maybe hanging out with, I'm sure uh, Greg will have something planned here for us when I'm, uh, I'll, I, like I said, we'll be in Augusta here. I think he's got something in the works there for that. So um, yeah. we'll- uh, That'll we'll be great. Have... We'll go out, we'll connect. You can come to the brewery. We'll, um, yeah, there's, we'll, we'll, we'll show you around for sure. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, spent much time in Augusta before, so. Uh, well, there's good reason now to. Very excited here to, to have the race. Uh, and uh, I think it's a good time of year, you know, for it. And the, the shift there is, is better. You know, it was kind of silly how we had uh, Timberman one weekend and then Maine the next weekend, you know, we don't have any other races in New England. Um, so yeah, no, it, 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 is, it, it is silly. I remember the first year I did OOB, um, there was somebody running like in front of me with a Timberman shirt. And I was like, dude, that was last week. What are you doing here? How are you moving? I just didn't understand. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty wild there. So, uh, good deal. Ellie, you got any other questions there? Well, you you have to let us know when or let me know when you come out to the West Coast and race somewhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. I um, I think like Oregon and Washington are probably both on my. I'd love to get out to those. Um, and uh, yeah, the Canada races. I think also. Um, I I'd love to to do some of that. Yep. Um, Coeur d'Alene, maybe I go back and forth on that one. <laughs> Elliot's I think they, I think they label that as hilly, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but again, like I said, like I, I mean, we're used to riding hills here. That yeah. I'd rather, I would rather ride hills than go to like Maryland or Florida and be stuck with a flat, hot, windy course any day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, preparation wise, I think you're much better off being in hilly terrain and then going to do something flat than being in flat terrain and then trying to go race hills uh, is definitely uh, a lot harder. So, so uh, true. Plus, you, you, if you do all the work to get up the hill, at least you get a reward when you're in the wind. 
Mm-hmm. It often is going to switch on you. It doesn't always mean you're getting a tailwind if you had the headwind before. <laughs> always seems like a headwind, right? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, cool. So are you healthy at this point? Um, so far, yeah, knock on wood. I mean, yeah, aside from my usual chronic pain issues, um, yeah, nothing, nothing too bad. I mean, I've got a, my ankle hurts from spraining it two years ago. I've got an aroma in my foot. I've got scoliosis and arthritis in my back. So, um, okay. you know. But that that's that's considered healthy for me. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That works. Yeah. Cool. What about you guys? Ready? You feeling ready for? Yeah, the, the, we feeling ready, Elliot, or what? Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, it was just kind of hard training for this because it's hard to get outside this time of the year. So it's, I think the bike is the biggest question mark. But I think we're ready, right? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Um, have you jumped on full gas yet, or what? I'm going to do that today. I actually wrote that down on my notepad when we were talking. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. What is this, full gas? Full gas, yeah. So that's the new kind of competitor to Zwift um, that Ironman purchased, actually. And so uh-huh. uh, their kind of their niche or what they're focused on is they provide real-world courses, including – so they have St. George on there. They have Kona. Oh, cool. you know, they got a bunch of different courses. So one thing, Elliot, as you're setting it up and for other listeners, if they're doing it, I didn't realize this the first time I wrote it, but uh, there's a setting and um, I actually, I forget the name of the the terminology they use, but by default, you basically go the speed of whatever the car or the bike that filmed it. So So that's why you thought you were going so so, fast. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So like I, I did. I don't know, hundred miles of the, a little less than hundred miles of the course one day, but I like, wasn't really riding that hard. And it was like, no way I was averaging, you know, 22 miles an hour or whatever. And, uh, so I couldn't figure it out. And then, uh, uh, I was talking to somebody else and figured that out. So, um, make sure you set that up. Right. I, so, and then I hear now it's like the total opposite where it doesn't give you much credit for your speed. And like, you know, it's, it's not as generous as Zwift. So, so um, what did you average this time around Colin? Uh, so actually I tried to use it, uh, what last Thursday I did a long ride and I got like 40 minutes in and like, I was hardest gear, hundred RPMs and putting out like 80 Watts and it was just, wasn't, wasn't working right. So I bailed on it and jumped over to Zwift for the rest of the ride. So, um, I got it. I may, I'll probably jump back on it tomorrow. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, so I'm one for two on it, I guess the, the first ride seemed all right, but, uh, um, hopefully that was just a, a fluke here. Yeah, you definitely need at least two out of three dentists to approve that before you actually use it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely got some cool things in the works on it. Um, and it is, it's a definitely a nice change of scenery from Zwift. It does make Zwift's, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. to me, I don't really care what's going on, but, uh, you know, when you're preparing for a race, right, it's huge to be able to at least understand where the grades are and, um, I think that's a huge confidence booster when you aren't able to get out there and you're doing a, a race that far away. So oh, totally. Yes. Seeing course and having eyes on it is, is pretty critical. I'm um, yeah. just so like, I think, you know, for me, I always go a little bit faster if I know kind of what's coming next, exactly. rather than right. you know what you drive, be. just looking around, right. pushing it. You've got, you know, recovery covering coming, you know, up, or if, you know, you know, there's another hill right after that, right. You're mm-hmm. going to treat that differently. So yeah, uh, it's definitely a demanding course. There's no doubt about that. So, and it's uh, not a looped course, so you're only going to see things once. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. I feel like on the loop courses, you can be like, all right, well, I'll just take the first loop. I mean, pretty conservatively, and go from there. But this is like we're going to see things that we've never seen before for the first time, and that's going to be it. Yeah. 
except when we go mm -hmm. ride the full course, you know, on Wednesday or something, the week of the race, right? Yep, exactly. Uh, and run so the full course report out whatever you got yeah or, uh, but it's good you know it's uh another big big weekend of training here and then it's time to, to taper down here pretty much so uh almost there your, which is which is always exciting and uh, yeah what I'm, is your big weekend consist of colin yeah uh well i was hoping to go the plan was actually to go ride the kangamangas highway with the group um on saturday so we we're gonna do i think a 117 mile loop or something like that with like 9,000 feet of climbing would have been great but uh now it looks like it's gonna rain and so we're bailing on that i think and uh so i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do here so i'm not well not i'm sure. going skiing you are huh <laughs> yeah. i hear that's good cross training yeah for this exactly control again or what I see uh, Christian and Gustav training in the snow, so I'm like, oh, is that yeah, be fine? Yeah. Everybody's, yeah been, no. they, everybody's been throwing up their skiing photos and pictures and videos, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no Colin, it's, it, is, it is my last weekend, but yeah, it was kind of a pain at the end of this season because I had a race coming up, so I think I'll enjoy it a lot more next year when I don't have a race to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one more long run. I think I'm going to do like 24 on Sunday and then, uh, shut it down here. So should be good here. So yeah, awesome. definitely excited. Well, I'm excited now to watch you guys. Um, we'll, for we'll the clothesline. Right. <laughs> we'll have to get to make sure Iron Man gets the video ready to go here. Yeah. The video and we'll put you on the, the tracker and, uh, if, if you see Elliot just stop on the run course, it's not that he, you know, got a cramp or anything like that. If I knocked him down, knocked him out. Hey, you're lucky we're not starting to swim together. I'd dunk your head in the water. <laughs> you guys would have fun with our group. We, we're, we're a bunch of uh, rowdy, obnoxious little jerks. That's the way it should be. Absolutely. You know, we're here to have fun, you know, so it's, it's good. So. If you don't have fun, you're not doing it right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. So with that, you know, thank you very much, Sarah, for being on. We really appreciate it. Definitely looking forward to connecting here this summer and, uh, and following you here as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks guys. It was a pleasure. I appreciate being on and, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you in real life on a course soon. Uh, and, uh, yeah, in New York in Maine and a uh, good luck in St. George. Ah, thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. All right, thanks guys. Take care. For, for All right. Care. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys soon here.